Shazam! Hey guys, and welcome to Pop Poor Review, the podcast that will take you where most people have gone before, to the movies and out for a drink. But we do it at the same time. Like always, my name is Kelly, and I'm here between two cheeks. The left cheek is Matt, a.k.a. Lil Cheeks. What's going on? And my right cheek is James Jimmy Jimothy Chico. Hello. Okay, now before we get into this week's electrifying review of DC's newest entry, Shazam, let's start off with a quick discussion about the latest headlines in the movie industry. Alright, so this week there was an article from Screen Rant that said the director of Pet Cemetery says he wishes the marketing for the movie hadn't spoiled so much, which asks the question, should trailers not reveal, reveal too much to protect the movie? What do you guys think? I think it's true. I think... I think that I think like I can't speak right now. I think Avengers is doing a really good job with that. They're kind of showing the same clip over and over, but like different ways. It's it seems like different trailers, but if you really think about it, it's all they're just the cutting same. it differently. Yeah, they're cutting like it differently. Different it's, angles. it's all the same. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's all the same scene. But the I think movie that, Avengers is actually only one shot, just cut <laughs> three sixty for three hours. For three I hours, I do that. But I think it's true though, because a lot of movies like. They give away, like, Batman vs. Superman gave away Doomsday in the trailer, so it wasn't a big surprise, and I don't know if Pet Cemetery is doing that. They might have given away a big surprise that w- that was supposed to be, like, a <gasps> factor in the movie, and you're like, oh, I saw it in the trailer. Um, in regards to the Pet Cemetery, though, like, I understand why they revealed certain things, because I don't, I'm not gonna, try not to spoil it, but in, like, the first two trailers or so, they revealed a change that they made compared to the original, mm-hmm. so I think that helps, just help them to have the audiences come to terms with yeah. that change, but I 100% agree that I think trailers lately have been giving way too much away, um, in particular with comedies, Wait, a lot of... Quick, before we move to comedies, I just went about Pet Cemetery. It might not be a great case for him to say that because they could be just because it's a remake. They might just want to show that it's they're staying true to the remake. And I mean, as the only other person here who has seen the original Pet Cemetery, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. They, it is a major change, but I understand why they changed it. But also, there were certain scenes in that where I'm like, oh, they're going to do that scene. Oh, they're going to do that so scene. Remakes, so remakes, you might have to. So with the remakes, you kind of can give little hints to yeah. the people who are who have seen the original, and they're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see that. But now, the people who haven't seen it, they're just like, oh, maybe I, you know, but like in the, I, didn't I didn't know that was going to happen. Why this is such a big spoiler? Even I didn't though see the final trailer though, did was there anything that they really spoiled a lot? I mean, you're the only other one out of the three of us. I mean, okay, saw well, it. spoiler alert for Pet Cemetery. Um, in the original one, it's the three-year-old son who dies and is resurrected. And in the remake, it's like their eight-year-old daughter. And one of the major reasons why they did that was because they apparently have the daughter doing some messed up things. And they were like, maybe we shouldn't have a three-year-old child be doing all this stuff. So they kind of just did it to make it, I guess, easier for people to watch and for the people actually acting in it. But it was creepier with a three-year-old child, but... But I think he he brings up a good question. But I think his movie isn't the the best, the best example because it's a remake. I think, like you said, comedy is yeah, the worst of it. Well, like, like also another one, like Terminator Genesis. Major spoiler in the poster and in the trailer. Is that the <laughs> that new one? Or? John Connor. No, that oh. was the one that came out. With was um, Amelia Clark was the bad guy. It was just, uh, that was a mess. That was in the, the poster. That was in the poster. Oh, so that's di- but that's different. That, yeah, that's different. But I think it was in the trailer. It's too. a remake, but you don't want to give away the villain. Uh, I don't. I don't think it was in the. trailer. I thought it was in the trailer. It, that, I haven't seen the trailer in so long. That movie came back in, in 2015. That yeah. was like four years ago. But back to what I was saying about comedies. 
I think that comedies suffer the worst because I think comedies haven't been able to have that impact that they used to have because the best jokes are always in the trailer. Unless it's rated R. But then you have the restricted trailer. Yeah, and then you yeah, have the red man trailers. Like but the yeah. thing is, is, but it's like, you know, even if it's rated R, but it's like still the most, the, the jokes that have the most punch to it, the one that people are going to be rolling on the floor, happens in the trailer. So then when you see the movie, it's kind of like... You know, a lot. You laugh, I think, but it's not as funny as it could yeah, be. Yeah, so I think a lot of comedies are suffering from this. So now, would you rather though see the jokes in the trailer and then go see the movie because it looks good, or would you rather just maybe word of mouth and just maybe just decide you want to go that weekend and then be blown away by the comedy? Like, which what marketing wants you to go see it, so they're going to do that. But well, because it all depends in a business perspective. It all depends on the box office. It's opening weekend. Well, that's yeah. what the studios want. So if everyone goes and sees it opening weekend because it has a great trailer and it's really funny, that's what they want. Yeah. But on the other hand, it might drop better. Week, yeah, then it might be like a seventy percent drop, which happens with a lot of films. But then, like the next weekend, you might have um, a really like Bridesmaids had a really low drop week after week because of the word of mouth was so strong on that film. They also didn't give away a lot in the trailer. Yeah, like Bridesmaids. I think R-rated comedies have it better because they have so much they can do. That the trailers can take a snippet of it, Rom- like say like romantic, like this isn't romantic. They're, the the jokes were funny, but all the best jokes were in the trailer. So when you're watching the movie, you're like, oh, that's funny. You never get that like super chuckle out of it. Like, like I, I oh my god, it's hilarious. Maybe I, I, I had a, I, there were a lot of moments in isn't romantic that I was like laughing about. Like I didn't know. Um, I guess a spoiler. Not no, I really. Too, I didn't know that Liam Hemsworth was going to be that funny. No, that's true. To be honest. But and I'm saying like the best jokes though, like you already laughed at it during the trailer. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of, I think you're right in that PG-13 comedies are suffering a lot from that because they can only go so far with their comedy. Yeah. And if you're going to put everything, the best jokes in the trailer, like it kind of falls flat. I think another movie, I think Date Night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey I think that was one of the movies where the trailer was hilarious, but the movie itself wasn't as good That's as a I lot thought of Well, I, I also think that also is with the writing, where, like, if you only write, like, if there's only really enough funny jokes that fit in a two-minute and 30-second trailer, and then what else do you have? No, but what I'm, but that, but that's also, like, you know, like, I don't know, but... I feel like if the movie's really good and funny for a comedy, that there are more jokes in the trailer, but when it's not, the writing's not great, they really don't have that much to work with, so they're like, we only have these, like, set funny jokes, those are going to be in the trailer. Well, that could be well, the situation. But I think that's also because, like Matt said, it was a PG-13 movie, so there's only so much they can do. I think it, I might, I think it might have to do with a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, like the writing might not be good, or they want to make sure, or the marketing team wants to really push this movie, and that's why so much gets really revealed in the trailers but I think you also need a studio like Marvel saying we'll work with you because we, we also don't want to have a lot released in the trailers and I think people should take um, Endgame trailers and kind of like use that as an example from the future and other, I can't think of any well, other, other ones different, the other difference that. with Avengers Endgame is the fact that you know you don't even know if you're actually seeing the movie because Which they is true, digitally but... altered so many things, and then and the thing a lot of trailers are doing now are including scenes that are not in the movie. Yeah, I'd rather them do that though. So like, um, one movie that recently did it that we did review is Five Feet Apart. There was a whole scenes that they kept showing in the trailers where it was um, Haley Lou Richardson and Cole Sprouse meeting each other outside 
like in an in the outside world oh, the outside poster? of the hospital. Literally the poster. Yeah, but they yeah. had scenes of that in the trailer too. Oh really? But that never happened in the movie. So yeah, it begs but that to, could just be a deleted scene. That could like they could have shot it and then like mm, this doesn't really fit with the film anymore, so we need to kind of cut it. And but I think that scene. But it looks good. But in the like, but the thing is, is that like I'm not saying. Uh, I guess I, it, this came out wrong, but I think that are we okay with that? Like movies putting in scenes that aren't in the movie. I'd rather that because the then when you go see the movie, even though but you're like, I'm oh, talking that... about all movies, not just movies like Avengers Endgame. No, I know. You don't want to get spoiled or anything. No, I know. Like even for Five Feet Apart, I'd rather you do that because. Just so you're going to the movie, you're not. It's not like you're seeing half the movie in the trailer. I think if they do that, you you know what the movie's about, and then you walk in, you give your own opinion. Do you True. know what I mean? I mean, but then yeah. they also bring. I think the biggest like perpetrator of this is probably, unfortunately, Justice League and Batman versus Superman, where we got so many like in like behind the scenes pictures, and even in the trailers, there were scenes that never ever happened. Yeah, well, that's also what was in ju- Justice League. League. Well, the- in Justice League, the part where he was, um, where Aquaman, or maybe it was Cyborg, where like I didn't think you were real, and then Ben Affleck is like, "I'm only real when it when it counts," or whatever. Oh, the I don't remember said. that, but I don't because it didn't happen Justice in the League. movie. Well, that that also could be, that could be because of the um, the director change halfway through the film. So that, no, yeah, and also I like mean, half the of, film went out the window. Apparently, I yeah. mean that is, that is true, but that's also like. That was also in all of the trailers and all of the marketing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But it that but Justice League, I'm bringing that up because that's probably the most recent movie in memory that people will remember that a lot of stuff didn't make it into it. Also because that could have been director change. But there have been a lot of movies that have been doing that lately, like putting fake scenes, deleted scenes. Like, are we cool with it? I don't. Re- I'm not really bothered by. I'd rather. Much. I don't but care. But it sometimes, doesn't really matter to but me. sometimes, like you know, things will get played up and like people are disappointed. Like, I guess Infinity War when we didn't see the Hulk coming in at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that whole scene of them running yeah. never actually is in the movie. Yeah. There's like a different version of the running. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I think it is there, but I know the Hulk is not. No, but the Hulk is not in there. You always, no, it's the no, scene you with only, the Hulkbuster in the back and it's, um, okay, no, but, what's the, um, what's uh, Diana Guerrero's name? Okoye. Okoye, uh, Black Panther, Mubaku, I don't think you actually see that. Captain though. America, Civil. I mean, Captain America, Black Widow, and Bucky. They're all running. I don't think we actually see them all running together. Yeah, I think Captain America, Black Panther. They go out ahead of the. Yeah. Um, no, it's before. very begin right before they run ahead of the. There's a shot. It's very short, but they do have it. It's just not the same one. It's not like the woodsy area they have in the trailer. Because I know a lot it's of much people, quicker part. Well, I know a lot of people took a little problem with that because it was mm-hmm. like you know something that was expected and it didn't happen, but. I don't like, know. There was something it, through the marketing with the movie we're reviewing today, Shazam, that spoiled a big thing for me, which I'll talk about later. That if I wish, I wish it, they didn't release it in all the marketing they did because it kind of was like a anticlimactic for me. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Okay, guys. Well, I mean, if you guys have any opinions on this, uh, let us know um, on our social media, our Twitter, or Instagram. But right now, it's five o'clock somewhere, Ooh-hoo. so let's get to the drinking. Well, the drink today is the drink of eternity, and it's based off of Shazam that we're reviewing today, like I said before. It's vodka, Red Bull, lemon juice, cranberry juice, and then a slice of lemon if you want to cut it in the shape of a lightning bolt, but you don't have to because that takes about 30 minutes, So, and you might cut your hands. So uh, everyone taste. Also, drink responsibly. Also, it's called the drink of eternity because the pa- oh. the power of Shazam comes from the rock of eternity. Thank you. I forgot that. This is actually delicious. It is amazing. 
clink that ice around. Oh my gosh. Isn't it really good? This is like dope. This is amazing. I am super into it. it tastes like Kool-Aid. Oh my god. Oh, that, it does taste like wait, Kool-Aid. Do you know what that means? It's really good. That means this review might get totally messed up before <laughs> the we review is gonna be blah, 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 I yeah. might just drink this all right now. It's it's really is good. There a lot of vodka in this? It's a shot. Oh. Oh. Okay. It's a normal amount in the drink. It just tastes like juice. It tastes straight up just like it's like a shot and maybe like a little more, but you can yeah. make it family friendly without the vodka. But also, I don't know if I want to get children. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want yeah. kids in <laughs> Okay, let's let's rewind. Let's, on yeah, that. let's let's go back and now let's just uh, let's talk about the movie. Just give them Kool Aid. Speaking so, of the, the spoiler alert, major spoiler alert. Shazam! Sorry, that was a horrible segue. No. Keep going. Shazam! That's how you do it. Now we're in Shazam world. Whoa! Wow. The lightning just blew up all of our equipment. Yeah, we have no more power <laughs> in the apartment. So okay, so let's we're doing really bad jokes right now. So let's move on. So, what did you guys think of it? I loved Shazam. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I really did. So it's going to be a really boring podcast. No, <laughs> the end. No, but I mean, I did have... Uh, it, I think, to me, it was the best out of the DC universe. Um, but I did have I did have problems with it. But I did enjoy it. I did. I mean, to be fair, this movie would be nothing without Zachary Levi. He is the star of this yeah. film. He, everything... Without Zachary Levi, there would be nothing. I think he would have... The movie would have been... Oh, like the movie would have been probably like closer to bad if it wasn't for Zachary Levi. Yeah, I think he made he really the movie. Did. He really, he's he's Shazam. He's the Literally, whole reason this movie yeah. was a success. It's like Iron. It's like Tony. It's like uh, that's right. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Zachary Levi is Shazam. Yeah, I think that you know, I think Warner Brothers really hit it out of the park. David F. F. Sandberg, they picked a great director to do this movie. I think DC needs to start picking. Um, you know, some horror movie directors. Because it seems James like they're Wan, the ones who are making... <laughs> David F. Sandberg. You need horror movie directors because we were talking about it well, later. I mean, Zack Snyder did Dawn of the Dead. And he's doing another, like, horror He's doing a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's okay. what that okay. Netflix movie is. But, um, but, I mean, without Zachary Levi and Jack Dylan uh, Grazer, the both of them had amazing chemistry together. Um... You afraid Freddy. Freddy. Oh, Freddy. Oh, that, Freddy. yeah. He was in It, right? Yes. Yeah. So he was with, really good. You know what the thing is? I'm just going to put it, say it just straight out. I think all of the casting choices were really well. I think that, and I think the the chemistry between all of the cast really helped. Because this is a movie that isn't just about a superhero. It's about family. It's about family. So, like, if you didn't have that dynamic in there, and if they didn't get as long, along as well as they did, like... I get, like, I mean, there were, like, obviously weak points, but it was organic enough that you fell into it. I like... Sorry. Someone didn't silence <laughs> oh their phone. Oh, my gosh. I am I'm sorry. so sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone. Oh, my gosh. I'm popular. I'm getting texts. Okay. But I liked how grounded it was. Like, that. I liked how it didn't end in this big, fiery explosion ending... It was kind of... Like Wonder Woman? didn't end like Wonder a Zack Snyder movie? movie. Every superhero movie. Even more, like, everyone's ending in these big explosions. This one, yeah, it had its, like, action, but it was more... It was more centered on the people than the things happening around you know them. I think because their budget was I, so I small. I actually think the budget was... Uh, let me look at the you know budget. I, I, I didn't it, mind a small budget, I think though. it has to do with the budget, but I also think it has to do with the fact that the movie knew it was. We're talking about a 14-year-old boy yeah. who has, like, almost no, like, skills in fighting yeah. any at, at all. So it's like... You know, you can't suddenly just make him like, oh, I suddenly exactly. know how to use all my powers. Well, that's why this like movie that. really reminded me of like Iron Man because it's it. Iron Man was like he learned his power. It wasn't like these people just come out and they have their powers and they fight like 
a like badass and they just do what they gotta do. Yeah, like yeah. Iron Man is that they know who they are. Yeah. Like Tony Stark is a genius. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to use his suit. So it's not out of the ordinary that yeah. he knows how to blast people with his shooting. And once he learned his like power that. Shazam or Billy Batson or whatever, he realized he he was much better. Like okay. I like that whole it was a it was a breath of fresh air origin. So for some behind the scenes movie math stuff, um Shazam had a budget of eighty to a hundred million dollars production wise without advertising, while if you want to compare it, Aquaman had one eighty to two hundred million dollars. So there was a much lower budget. Now let me say something though. The only thing that hurt them with the budget was the special effects. Yeah, the special effects were a little like when he started flying, it didn't look that good and the green screen was super obvious. But the thing is is that it didn't bother me because it's like I don't think it hurt the movie really at all. It wasn't some, like some Cap- of, no. it wasn't like in Captain Marvel where the special effects j- just fell off, and that's the type of movie that shouldn't have their effects shouldn't be like that. Well, I thought Captain Marvel's special effects were better than Shazam. That that last like, not scene, that last scene, that last yes. that last fight in Captain Marvel where and she's when she like came in space, up. like it was. Oh, just- when she came flying up, yes. The only time that I didn't like Captain Marvel was she came flying up when she was falling. And it was just like her shot of her falling. It looked like literally they took her head and was like thorough on green screen. Not even that goose didn't even look that great. Well, yeah. It looked fine. Uh, no, uh, for a CGI animal that he was CGI the whole time, I could tell he was. CGI. Yeah, there were there were people. I read articles and they were like, "Can you believe he was eighty percent CGI?" And I'm like, "Yes." yes. Well, it's like, like I, I thought. I mean, but you, the, no, but we're talking about Captain Marvel, right? who has like, who has almost doubled the budget. What are you going to say, Matt? What are you going to say? I I think now I don't. It's not like. Exactly like this, but I think there were some times where, yes, Goose didn't look great, but I was just recently watching The Jungle Book, and sometimes you can tell their face. I mean, like, it's, you know it's special effects sometimes. No, it's yeah, just, you can tell it's special effects. But it was effects, still good, though, overall, for me. No, yeah, but it's just, like, compare, when you're looking at I get at scared the, when I say when, stuff when like that, because you're going to scream. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> curls up into a ball and no, no, start no, smacking and throwing things true. at him. It's, it's 100% true, but, like, what we're talking about is, like, you know, Shazam had such a small budget, so it's like, you know, you expect kind of that. But mm-hmm. it's like, when I say Captain Marvel, I'm talking about, that's a movie that has almost, like, double the budget. No, I mean, I, I And, agree. like, we're not talking about, like, you know, in Aquaman, where it's like, we're making an entire world. It's like, this is a cat. You know, that's a real life. No, cat. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I, I think where it fell off, I'm trying to think, I think the, sedly, the seven deadly sins sometimes, they almost looked like they were, the depth in the scene looked weird sometimes. See, I didn't mind that. Like, that... Okay, so... The Seven Deadly Sins were pretty much the villains of this film. I mean, you did have uh, Mark Strong's character. Well, to elaborate what the Seven Deadly Sins in the film are, because you guys... It, for people who didn't see it, I don't know... First of all, I don't know why you're listening to this. We're yeah, spoiling everything. Definitely go see the movie and then come back and listen. <laughs> but for people... If you still want to listen, the Seven Deadly Sins are basically... Um, uh, seven statues, and they're just like basically demon characters in the movie. It's the real life Sadly Devin Sins, and like, yeah, so they're no, yeah, life. yeah, but I'm trying to uh, oh, okay. like what they Sorry. are like in the movie, they're just like demons, they're like demons, like, like, like the gargoyle power. type thing. There's the yeah. wizards who hold the council of wizard, was that what it was? Yeah, there's a council of wizards, and then there's the Sadly Devin Sins, really, the, the two clashing. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think the council of wizards had was able to capture them and kind of put them in well, stone. that's why when he's getting older. Yeah. But yeah, like, but they well, were starting to break out when the wizard was when all the other wizard, All the other wizards had died, and he was the last one. He was growing old, and his magic was not as powerful as it used to be. So now they knew that they were able to escape. Okay, well, what I was going for Sorry. is that what we're talking about is that we're talking about the CGI used for these demons. But if you guys wanted to know what the whole movie was about, <laughs> that is what the two cheeks bro- Chico brothers just did right well, there. Hopefully you saw the movie if you didn't. 
But I just I did want to say that was one of the problems I had with the movie was the villain. Like acting wise, Mark Strong was good. But I feel like it started off as him like being like this kind of scientist looking to see what happened in his past and almost starting to get like like almost starting to get like over obsessed with it. And then all of a sudden as soon as he had the um the orb or the I guess it was the Seven Devin Sins all in one go into him. Explain what that is. I don't know the name, that's what I'm trying to... No, just explain what it is. So basically, there's Thank an you. orb where all the seven deadly sins inhabit, so... Um, and it's part of a test to see who the true, like, believe... Chosen one is. Did, the, yes, the chosen one. The champion one the right for Shazam, champion, yes. for the champion of Shazam, for the wizards, they want to make sure that they have someone who's pure of heart. So what they do is have this orb that kind of inhabits all of the seven deadly sins and, you know, tempts the person that they think could possibly be championed. So what Mark Strong's character does is that he takes this orb and it, like, does this. This is when David F. Sandberg, like, it's just his movie. It turns into, like, the orb shrinks down to eyeball size and just shoots in his eye. So it's in his eye the entire time. So back to... Back to Little Cheeks. But I didn't like how as soon as that happened, the next scene you see him in, like, he's some, like, super, like, badass guy. And, like, he, like his character, to me, like, almost changed. Well, that because he was the seven deadly sins. Yeah, he had powers. So, like, I don't... Because like, but it wasn't the deadly deadly sins controlling him. No, but he was, like... But that's what gave him his powers. But he, the thing is, like, I get what you're trying to say, but I don't think you're... I, I don't agree with it because, you know, Mark Strong's character in the beginning was just someone who was, like... He was torn down by his family and stuff, but he wasn't some feeble person. He didn't come off like that as an adult. No, no, no. I'm saying like he was just a person that was looking to see what happened to him in his past. That was he was kind of getting. He was, no, that's not what his character was all about. No, he was okay. Well, the movie opens with with um, his character being taken to the the chamber of wizards as a young boy. as a young boy, and he doesn't get chosen because he is. Um, Hit the the or he, he was tempted, and the they were like, "Nope, sense. bye. You're not you're not going to do this anymore. You're you don't have you're not pure of heart." So he gets sent back, which causes a car accident, and his father is paralyzed and everything. Well, to be more clear on that, he was a verbally abused, yes. emotionally abused yeah. child. Um, his father and his family did not respect him at all. They belittled him. So we're talking about someone with very low self esteem. But so I guess when he grows up, he's. Like fascinated, not fascinated, but he's like just the only thing in his mind is to find out what happened to him and if anyone else had had this happen. Well, that's to what them. I'm saying. It was he kind of got I, a little I, obsessed I, with I, it. No, I think his whole, his whole goal was to prove that he's, he's worthy. not crazy. No, but yet yeah, not not that he's not crazy, but that he's worthy of something. Because yeah. his whole thing was that even even like later in the movie when um Shazam and him are fighting he's like dude i know what it's like to just want to have that one thing that one thing that says i'm worth something no so like i think his whole thing is that i you know i'm worthy like why am i not worthy i can be worthy of something i have some worth and i i, I mean that's it around i that's what i i get that but i'm saying he became like obsessed with that well, and yeah, trying that's to what, find to go back to that but that's like every uh, but that's like every superhero movie villain. But what i'm saying but as soon as he got the power he needed he became was like he like i wish they would have almost had him stay like Obsessed about now the champion, which was Zachary Levi. But, but he but had he was the seven deadly sins. No, and then he was obsessed with the champion. His whole goal after that, he didn't know that Zachary Levi existed. He thought he finally was the one. But then remember when they're like, "There's another champion." Yeah, and he's like, "Tell me where he is now. You have to." No, I, really, I just feel like his character went like 180, and like it didn't need to. You to know, me. What? I I I think that's like a, one point that we're gonna have to disagree on because I think he was a very strong villain. 
for I don't what think it was. So. Well, compared to the Marvel's last couple of villains, he blows them out of the water. I mean, it wasn't really him as the villain. It was the Seven Deadly Sins. That that's well, the, I like them. I true, didn't... but his character was more compelling, like versus Ghost from Ant Man and the Wasp. Actually, or, I don't agree. No, or, yeah, no, he or was Thanos or Killmonger. Well, no, no, no. Thanos is a whole Thanos is a story. whole different. Story. You said the Mar- you said the villains. I didn't the last like Killmonger. Of, uh, you didn't, didn't like Killmonger. Killmonger, I thought was. Okay. Ah, well, then we disagree. I guess that's why we're disagreeing. Ghost, um, Thor 2. I don't even remember his Hello. name. Thor, Thor 2. Oh, I thought you like Thor the dark also. World. Hello was good. Oh, yeah. the, the Dark Elf. <laughs> okay, we don't know well, his just, name. We don't talk about that movie. That movie's so <laughs> I was bad. like, Hello was great. What are you talking about? Um, no, Whiplash. But I, I just feel like... Oh, yeah. He, I didn't mind Whiplash, but... He wasn't great, but I... Minority. But um, I just feel like it went, like, 180. And I just... I didn't like... I, I wish they almost went the route where, like... The since the Sedley Devon sins were like almost in his head, it made him more like they made him more paranoid and like more but they obsessive. Did. But no, but his his persona changed one hundred percent to me at least because he, he thought put, he was the chosen one, and then that, he and wasn't. Then, yeah, and then the that's seven, why he was going after Shazam. And the Seven Deadly Sins played on his insecurity about that because they're like, "You're not the one." Yeah, but why do There's you think another. he was the chosen one? He just took the thing because he didn't know that they that Shazam. He thought him. that's what would happen when you became the chosen one. Yeah, he thought he was the only. Chosen no one has one. ever gotten that far. Billy Batson was the first one to no. to get the the powers of Shazam. Shazam. Well, no, I thought I thought he just grabbed the. What what is it called? The orb? Like the well, I don't. There's a name for it. I just don't know the name. We're calling like it the orb. The orb. So that he grabs the orb, but like he could have done that before. But just the Shazam, the first Shazam, just stopped him. Because, That's why. Yeah, but he didn't know. That doesn't that make that him the challenge. That doesn't make him the champion. They told him he was the champion. He the seven deadly sins. Yeah, they were like, "You are our champion." So he didn't know that there was someone else that could get the power. Like he was know, the champion of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, but he didn't know that. There's... Billy Batson was the champion of Shazam. Oh, okay, I get that, but I just don't like his character change so quickly and just like like that i just thought it was too i just thought it was weird i thought it was an organic change yeah i didn't yeah, mind i didn't li- i didn't like it but i also didn't like the beginning of the movie i will I, i'll agree with that i didn't care for the movie the pacing much. was not good in the beginning i didn't care for it much until he turned to shazam exactly as, as soon as he turned to shazam i was like this is a good movie yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree with that, because yeah. even I felt that. I saw the movie twice already, and I wanted to fast forward. It just felt so long and drawn out. Like, the beginning scene where the villain, Dr. Shivana. 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 He gets in the car to his family and all that. That car scene was like a five-minute car scene. That, that it flipped for five minutes, and then it was like, ooh. It was like, sorry, no you one saw all what can't I was see. Doing. My brother was like <laughs> waving his hands like he was in a car accident. <laughs> but like, and then it was like, you did this. I was like, oh my God, like we get it, like he's... He's gonna become the villain, sure, okay. Like it was just super like drawn out, and then as soon as he be- became Shazam, the movie like changed in my eyes. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree with that because like I I didn't like the beginning. It's not that I didn't like it. I just felt it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Also, like the first scene with Billy Batson when he's a kid, he has the whole cop like, oh, I'm a I'm a cool kid, and then he's like, I'm depressed. My yeah, mother, I thought that whole thing with Billy Batson. I'm like, you just broke like a lot of laws right there. How come they're like you stole a cop car, you locked cops in a store, like, and most you... importantly, you stole his lunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how are you like <laughs> out of all the things? Like yeah. a slap on the wrist. They're like, okay, you got, you can go. Here's a new foster family. I'm like, mm. you also just I like did... Loki harassed a woman <laughs> by saying, yeah. I'm your son. Yeah, <laughs> like the, fo- the foster family. I like them. It was no, like, yeah, I, 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 no, they I, were I great. Them. I, 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 all, all the family. A.K.A. Ian Chen. Ian Chen and... Uh, fresh Off the Boat? Yes. yes. Okay, oh, my God. Because my friend asked me when we were watching it. it. I was like, I 
think so. I spent the whole movie every time he showed up being like, Evan, Evan! And I was like, what would Jessica Huang do? <laughs> and the one uh, who played Darla, Faith Herman, she was excellent. From Blackish. Yeah. She's from Blackish? Yeah. Oh, that's like a whole AMC, ABC lineup. TV yeah, they, they, they don't know. This is us. This is us. Oh, uh, wrong show. I'm so sorry. Wrong channel. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Um, but I also, the, if I had to pick one of the family members that I didn't care for, is the silent one. Pedro? Yeah. All of them, he was my least because favorite. Because he really didn't do much. But then it was so weird when he, spoilers, when they became the Shazam family, he was like talking about, I was like, whoa, 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 I'm so confused. Like, he just, because the two characters were different, which I get, because it's like a different, he was like Shazam now, or whatever he's called. It was just, he was so quiet and then became someone totally different, but... Yeah. So Everyone else was so good, though. Before we get into this Shazam family, I want to just talk about the horror aspects in this movie and that it is a family film. And DC is saying this is a family film. There are scenes in this film that are, like, <laughs> way over the top of horror. Like, there is one scene in the boardroom where you first see what the seven deadly sins can do. Oh, my gosh. And he's, like, Mark Strong's, like, throwing people out windows and the They're seven like deadly sins are, like, eating he's people's heads off. That was a funny scene, and though, then, the guy in the elevator, when he's, like, walking back to the elevator, he's literally just, like, convulsing. Like, well, because like, what is happening? Because you like, see, what? like, the frosted glass and bodies yeah. just being thrown against it with blood spatter. And, and I was like, oh, my, this is not a family film. But, I mean, like, it technically... It, just it is a that family one film. Scene, no, I mean, there was no, the, there was, there the was seven deadly scene. sins were quite scary. Yeah, but they're for, creepy. But I mean, like that doesn't mean it's not still yeah, a family like film. A, no, no, yeah, but for like but there, but, but, a young child. But like, if you were to go see a Marvel film, you don't expect something like that to happen. DC maybe a little bit. It's a little darker usually their movies, but this one they're saying it is a family film. It is not like any of our other films. It is a family film. It's lighter. It's funnier. And then they throw in the Ant Man. Yeah, and they throw in these like horror aspects. No, I, I, I get it, but I mean, I, I can't think off the top of my head, so maybe I'm wrong, but Marvel doesn't have that. Wasn't there like one Marvel movie where no. it was like, or am I thinking of Aquaman? Cause of that, well, Aquaman the, had the, the trench, trench scene, and that's maybe, James Maybe Wong. I'm thinking of that. But Marvel I thought, has never had any scene that is remotely that intense as that boardroom scene. Maybe yeah. you're right. I could have swore there was like a, like a frightening scene, but I can't remember what movie it is. I'm trying to think. Because, um, like, no, not even that. The scene, there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where um, it's Dr. Um, Sivana, and he's also with um, one of his colleagues. When he first opens the door to... Um, yeah, to, to uh, the power of the Rock of Eternity. Yeah, to the power of the Rock of Eternity. The, his colleague puts her hand on the door, and she just disintegrates ah! in li- and lets out the most, not like that, <laughs> horrifying <laughs> scream ever. And, and it, it's it's like her body is just like a skeleton. It's something that should melting. be in a horror movie. Yeah, you know what I get it. Those, her skin was disintegrating. You sw- you saw her skeleton right before she went to dust. Like basically, it's like what I guess would realistically have have happened to everyone at the end of Infinity War when they turned yeah. to dust. Yes. I but mean, like I I feel like though if you if you think about the whole movie as a whole, like the movie as a whole, it is a family friendly movie. No, yeah. With like a couple yes. things where it's PG thirteen. So but I thought they still they, like they they, they, they some like, that scenes. line very finely while possibly stepping over it just a little bit because when people see superhero movies they they're like, oh, no problem, I can take my kids. Like, when Deadpool came out, they were like, oh, no problem, I can take my kids. It's a Marvel film. And then they were like, oh, no, I can't take my kids. This is not a Marvel film. This is something much different. I think people are thinking with that. And with smaller kids, I think it will be a little traumatizing. I will I will say, Maybe, when I, I saw it the second time, I had, I had a bunch of children in my theater. So when we saw it the first time, we saw it for the Fandango early screening. So, like, there's not really any kids at those You had a screenings. lot of... Uh, 
fanboys. Yeah, so I went during opening Thursday night, and there were a lot of kids in the theater with me. And when those scenes happened, they weren't absolutely terrified, but there were some kids who I heard. I heard one little boy sitting in front of me, and he was just like, he was like, he said, Daddy, I'm scared. When that happened, and my mom, who's a big, who's a big weenie, shout out, mommy. <laughs> she was like, "Those are intense," and I closed my eyes. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was. I think it was even more but intense. But the than thing is, is that like I'm not critiquing it because I actually yeah. enjoyed those scenes. I think it it helped the overall movie a little no, bit. Yeah. But you're right that it did toe the line. Like we didn't need to see one of the deadly sins biting off a dude's head. That I think was the part. Um, that's the part I think there was. I literally that, was like, and, and, I, the, and the, I felt the, 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 the frosted glass. glass. That, that was intense. The frosted glass. Even no. though the scene with the head, because you literally, but, but with until the frost- his mouth is fully closed, you see yeah. until the mouth but with the frosted fully. glass. No, you see, you see him tear the head off. You see you? the body. Yeah, and then she just falls to the ground. Oh yeah, that's that, that that I don't think the frosted glass. But the frosted I think glass what, almost kind of goes back to like the old fifties and sixties horror, where it's like you're not really seeing it, but you know what's happening. But don't forget though, people nowadays don't consider that as scary as when. I don't know, no, but you, know but, but you is- have you have movies like The Conjuring where they don't really show much, but it's terrifying. Okay, but The Conjuring is totally different than the frosted glass scene. No, but, but, it, but it, it, what, it's, it's in that same like kind of level. The frosted glass scene know. it's not even the point of um, horrifying. It's not even the scary part. It's Sean. the fact that when you're watching it, it kind of because you don't really see everything that's happening except like silhouettes and like like kind of blurred out to get out. People banging to get out. It gives you that sense of dread. Like a lot of dramatic movies use that a lot. Um, when you don't really see what's happening and it kind of freaks you out. I, this isn't really similar, but there's a movie called The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. At the very end of this movie, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. <gasps> no. the, oh my god, okay. <laughs> there's a little, the little boy, it's about, it takes place in World War II and it's about a friendship between a German boy and a Jewish boy, but the little boy lives next, his father runs uh, one of the concentration camps. At the end, you just, the little boy, the two little boys, they're friends, the kid doesn't know that it's a gas chamber he goes in, so when he, they go into the gas chamber, you just see it close, and then all you hear is the banging against the wall and the screaming, and it's just like, you know, you have that sense of dread. It's not horrifying. So, like, it's kind of like that with Shazam. Like, not to that not to that dramatic Ooh. extent, but what I'm saying is that it's that type of scene that just makes you, like, No, it oh, definitely shit. it definitely is, like, a crazy <laughs> scene. And I, I I agree with the 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 this one of the I could only de- go dramatic. I couldn't think of anything else at the time. One of the seven de- deadly guys. sins, biting the head off of the guy. That is where it crossed the line. I think besides that, it didn't get su- it got close, but not like as close as you're saying, except for that one part. Because I think I think I also like the contrast of that. Like it's like this really cool like happy go lucky guy. Like he's a little he's like 14 year old kid, and then it's like this like stuff is happening around him. That's what I liked about the groundedness and just like the. I can't, like, the tone of it kept, it was like, it would go back and forth, but in, like, a very natural way. You know why I also liked it? Because a lot of people that I spoke to before this movie came out, a lot of adults were like, I'm not really super interested in it, because I think it's a kiddie movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cutesy kitty movie. But the thing is, when you have scenes like that, then it's like, no, this isn't just a kitty movie. This is gonna, this can go for everyone to see. So, like, once I said that, like, my dad didn't want to see it really at first because he was like, it looks like a kiddie movie. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be cute, but it looks like it's just made well, for children. Well, I think it, it didn't help that they had kids in it. And all. It was no, like, yeah, 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 exactly. And they kept saying, oh, it's family friendly. But then when my dad saw it, he was like, okay, that wasn't 100% a kiddie movie, and I enjoyed it yeah. because of that. But I, I do, that's, I think, I think, I mean, I, I do think it's still family friendly, not as family friendly as, like, 
up or like Pixar movies, but like no, definitely not. Yeah, but I think that also helped the movie gain audiences with kids and adults because they were like the adults were like even when there was like the kiddie jokes, it was like the, the jokes that kind of like anyone would laugh at, like a little kid would laugh at. But then you got this scenes where like, oh wow, that's kind of crazy. It's like that's uh, cool. But so I think that was I think that helped the movie a lot. Okay. All right, guys. Can we talk about the biggest kept, sort of kept secret? Wasn't a secret. But well, thanks to Funko. Well, yeah, thanks my to entire Funko theater gasped, and I was like, "Yeah, I, but you know what? It's a secret to people who don't keep up with." Like, I guess that's true. And I keep don't up keep up with, with a lot. Of also, Funko to be Pops. fair, me and Kelly are like, yeah, we're Funko crazy Pop Funko Pop fanatics. You know so like, I get notifications. Come at us or without. Ones. Come at us about our collection. Don't at them. Don't at them. <laughs> but the only thing is, I. I, I was just but going wait, through... Hold on. We didn't even say it yet. Okay. The Shazam family, which was hands down my favorite part of the movie. That was, I, that was good. That, that was good. Yes. And and all really, the casting for each of the kids was, was perfect. perfect. And I did perfect. love the joke right before that when he has the staff and he's like, everyone say my name and they're like, Billy! And then he's like, no, no, not that name. name. I, the name. I said from this. Yeah. Shazam! <laughs> and then they all become... Shazam family. I think that was like absolutely delightful. Like I felt myself like just like getting giddy with the fact yeah. that they were all superheroes, and it was just it was great. Like because I because well, I did see I was on Instagram and I was just going through my feed and I I saw that they re- they always release the toys before the movies, which I think that's is so something, stupid. That's how like which ninety nine which brings it back to the marketing we were talking about earlier. And I'm saying that that's the kind of stuff they need to stop doing because it yeah. spoils big things. If I wouldn't didn't know that was happening, I would have thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, I can't see watch. I can't even anything with the name of vendors and Funko. I can't I know. even look. So that's why I knew it was coming. My whole theater gasped, and I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Okay," but I was like, "If I didn't know that was happening, it would have been amazing." But since I knew that it was happening, I was like, "Well, that's weird. How are they gonna how are they gonna tie that into the movie?" So that's what I was thinking about, and I thought they tied it in. I was surprised at how well they tied it in, because I'm like, oh, that's a lot of people to introduce that's, really quickly. That's literally how exactly they do it in the comic books. Well, I think that's really... I think the more I see... The more superheroes movies I see, I think if you stick to how they do it in comic books a lot of times, and translate it to when you're doing a, making a movie, I think... It works. That's the most successful way. Like, yeah. a, like um, the whole Infinity Wars is pretty much a comic book. One comic book. Well, it's book. very different, though. Well, I'm saying like the way they like certain how they make things that they go more comic book like how they do it in the in the comic book stuff. I it's not coming. No, just move on because my thoughts are not coming out. Like I understand what you're saying, but the other thing is is that Marvel like doesn't follow the comics as faithfully, not as faithfully, but DC they don't have follow- they they as of as of a couple weeks ago they didn't have the rights for all the superheroes in the like, no, yeah, age, yeah, no. age of Ultron. They couldn't get certain people that were yeah. key in saying, that movie. I'm not saying well, that. Well, I mean, they had Ant Man, so like and they it, still it, did just for for, for 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 word of fact, Age of Ultron. Ultron is actually in the comic books a product of Hank Pym, who is Ant Man. And they well, had him in the next movie. So not Ant-Man's. a product of Tony Stark and Mark Ruffalo. So they had to they diverted from that a lot. Well, yeah, what, like what Wolverine was... and Sue Storm are major parts in that. Yeah. That one, and but they like, just weren't. They didn't have the rights so, to it. No, yeah, I get that. But like, if we're gonna just like, if we're talking about comic book to movie, I don't DC mean. I don't mean better... the source. I mean like the way, like make it, like make a movie version comic book. Like when you just when like like a motion comic. No, no, no. Like when you just kind of just have this Shazam family just kind of come up and like that. It's not like a. There's not an explanation. It's kind of like just there. You know what I mean? Like how comics kind of do it. They just say, just we're gonna become. We're gonna make you a superhero really quick so we can feed this villain. I think that they go more that route, like where like not like make it so like you have to have everything thought out and just kind of do certain things. 
I don't know if that makes sense. That, it kind of so makes sense. Yeah, it kind of it kind of makes sense. Like I get what you're trying to say. Like the, like Infinity Wars, they had like uh, the storylines were kind of like comic books. Like they all kind of went on their own and came together. It was almost like separate little stories within one. Do you know? I don't know if I'm making myself like. I get what you're saying. You're not saying not necessarily actual comic book storyline, but how how the story organically comes together. Like how they like sometimes don't necessarily need an explanation for A and B. They just do it. They just do it. In some cases, that just works better instead of doing it the the normal movie, the traditional movie way. No, yeah, yeah. and I think that's what they did, and it it worked in their favor. But that took way too long to get out. Yeah, but like I, I like I said it before, but I can't like say it enough. The Shazam family, that was, like, I never... It's been so long since I've seen a, a superhero movie that I got that excited to see something. Even in, like, not... I love Infinity War, but Infinity War didn't hit that joy that I felt watching the oh, Shazam really? family say, Shazam, maybe and then come out. Maybe because it was spoiled for me, so maybe that's why I No, but that. I knew it, too. I no, knew I'm the saying, Shazam family. I thought it was exciting, but, like, it wasn't as exciting as what you're saying. I just felt like a pure... Dr- I mean, but this also... <laughs> I. This also comes from the fact that uh, Ross Butler, who plays the adult version of Ian Chen's character, um, I was just also happy to see uh, an Asian so superhero. You, okay, so to you're come more that. so like that also helped. Fanboying that, yes. it I'm was a very very diverse film with all the foster kids. I and also then, think that yeah. they also picked the best adults that could have yeah, portrayed so, them. So like they had Adam yeah, Brody. Really. Adam Brody, Adam Brody perfect. perfect. That was perfect. He played perfect. Freddy's Freddy's Shazam. Shazam uh, Megan I, Good. There, is there a name for it? Is it just called their Shazam? Like They're the Shazam family. But I'm yeah. saying like. So Adam Brody, yeah, Adam Brody was the 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 Freddy, the 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 superpowered Freddy. Uh, Megan Good was the superpowered Darla. Michelle Borth was the superpowered Mary. Um, Ross Butler was the superpowered Eugene, and DJ Catrona was the super superpowered Pedro. You know what the thing is? I'll put it in better words. I felt the joy of them becoming superheroes. Because you kind of like, rooted kids, for them. No, as kids, yeah. and then like realizing like you know they were kids that like you know they're from they're good kids yeah but they're from a foster family they've hit they've had some hard times and just hearing them them say shazam and it's like you guys are good kids and And deserve and how excited they get yeah and like you deserve these you're pure of heart it made me feel really good and also like i mean i think the best adult one was megan good because she still kept like the six-year-old girl in her yeah, I mean, it's still hard to watch, like, an adult woman. Yeah, like. but it was, like, she did it perfectly. It was now, adorable. I've heard that in the actual Shazam comics that, like, when he transforms into Shazam, like Zachary Levi's part, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not still a 14-year-old boy. Is that correct? Or am Wait, I just, what do you mean? Like, when he doesn't have the 14-year-old, like, Boy no, mentality. no, no. He still has the fourteen. He does. Okay, because I've read somewhere that he didn't. Maybe I read something. Someone was wrong. No, okay. no, he's still like that because, like, if you watch like any of the the Justice League cartoons or anything or any of the movies that okay. have him, he's he's still. What about like the comics? Can, Do you he's know? like, no, yeah, yeah. In oh, the comics, okay. he's like that too. Like he says the same thing. He's like, get ready to get woke, bro. Okay, because <laughs> like, I read that. I was like, why would I? I think it would work better even in the comics. So they okay. So no, that yeah, I was wrong. He's okay. Still okay. No, but yeah, I had to see it again because I feel like I would be more excited when I see it. Maybe because it was happening, I was like, "Well, I know this is gonna happen." So, well, I didn't know when it was gonna happen. I just like I just saw like Shazam family, and I was like, and I just kind of went past it because I was like, I don't want to know about it. So I didn't know a whole bunch about it, but I was still wait, you no know, waiting for them to yeah, become was, superheroes. I just didn't know how it was gonna happen or when it was gonna happen. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know if it was gonna happen at the very end, the last couple, like of the minutes. end credit scene or something. Well, that's why. Yeah, I think if I. Because you both saw it twice, right? Or no, I've only seen I it once. I saw it twice. I think I would enjoy it more if I saw it again now that I can just, like, 
Just focus on it. Focus on it, because I was, like, saying, like, oh, I know this is coming. Like, when is it coming? Like, the Shazam family and all that. Because it was exciting, but I just... I've gotten, like, superhero chills, I like to call it, more in other movies than I had in this one. You know what I also liked uh, the movie? I like that they didn't, like, make everyone a complete and utter moron, and that they figured out, yeah, Billy Shazam. Yeah. I did like that, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like was, that. like... It was, like, it was so obvious. And yeah. it was, like... I, but the thing is, is that, like, you know, you got, like, Clark Kent and everyone who's just wearing, like, freaking glasses and stuff. Mm. It's like, oh, we don't know. But it's like, he turns into a, an adult version of himself. Mm. And people, and that they were still able to figure it out. Yeah, I did. It, it was nice. I just like how, like, weirdly, like, realistic and, like, grand. I just, I really like that. Because I just, it was refreshing to see in, like, all these movies now. Like, they're just literally, like, super CGI-ish. And this one kind of. I think they also did a lot of practical. The whole end scene where they're in the Winter Carnival, I believe that's they built a Winter Carnival and literally destroyed it on set. Oh no, yeah, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. make the, sense. Like I don't, I don't think the I don't um, think it was green. I don't screen. think the Ferris wheel. No, was they actually. I saw that. That's what I'm saying. I saw that online. He was like, "No, we actually like built one just to destroy it." You know, and I think the whole of them figuring out that it was um that he was Shazam. I think that also factors into your whole grounded thing. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. It was real. They it, knew it. <laughs> it was like a real. It was like I like, and I also liked how like all the superheroes are around. Like the guys wearing like Freddy's wearing like Aquaman and Wonder Woman shirts and Superman shirts. Yeah, they're constantly referencing. The they, DC in, universe. they know they're in a universe, universe full of superheroes, but yet they like it was very like um, personal and grounded, but yet connected the same way. And I thought I also I almost wish that they would have like started the DC universe with this movie, like almost have all the superheroes up a thing already, and then have that be the first movie. And then branch off. Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. But the thing is, you know what the thing is? Before Shazam came out, a lot of people were saying, even though they knew Aquaman was coming out, like, Shazam's going to change the DC universe. Mm -hmm. I don't like Aquaman. That's going to be its new starting point. And a lot of people were saying that, even though Aquaman was coming out. And I even, I had to agree. I was like, Shazam's going to change the entire game. Yeah. It's going to change the entire game. They did level, they did get pretty close to, they're leveling up with Marvel now. With this, uh, yeah, like I personally enjoyed Shazam more than Captain Marvel. I still like Captain Marvel, but Shazam, I felt a lot more joy out of. I, I did like Shazam better than Captain Marvel, but if you uh, if you weigh the, po- the negatives of both, Shazam had less than Captain Marvel. But I do say that one thing I wish, like now that like superhero Shazam like, was the original Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so now that like a lot of superhero movies are coming out, you know how they usually have like underlying like. Like, to- like themes to it like Captain America has like the second one had like a political thriller mm-hmm. Logan was kind of like a western it's not just straight super yeah I kind of wish they did this I kind of wish they had one with this movie just because like but after- this was like big big with yeah this was big they even referenced it in the- yeah. there's a scene where the piano when yeah. he yeah. first fights Dr. Savannah he's like on the piano and you the first thing that came to my thought was big but with Tom at Hanks. least I wish they I wish they expanded on it a little more I wish they did a little more of it that was the- that was the- one of the criticisms I had about it because it was so good, but it's just, I wish, it was just... But why can't a superhero film just be a superhero film? I, I It could, but I'm just saying, now that we've had, we're getting so many, I just, you need to have something that differentiates. <laughs> it has to be more cerebral. <laughs> yeah. But you know what it is? I, but I think the whole concept of the, with uh, Zachary Levi and the guy who plays Freddy, their whole interaction made it a breath of fresh air. I really do. So maybe, I, I that's just like one of the things I had my, like, the thought, like I thought in my head, I'm like, oh, I wish they had like a second theme to it. But the movie was good on its own still. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, one last topic. It's the Rotten Tomato score. I think Shazam is, is certified fresh and it's sitting at a 93%. Do we agree with this? Yeah, it's a low 90s right now. 
Low 90s, I agree, for what it I is. I give it like a 90 or like an 89. Yeah, I would give I'd it... i definitely give it fresh. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. definitely certified fresh. So I think we're all in agreement that Shazam is a is a good movie. It's yeah. a great movie. It's entertaining. Um, you should go out and see it. I... What? I just want to say... What, now, did we say this already? Like, where you thought it was in the DC list? We like, kind of did. Just quick say it. Top? I think it's bottom. towards the top, definitely. Second, because I still love Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman is still I think like this a is game my changer. Favorite. See, I think this is more of a game changer than Wonder Woman. I still like I still like Wonder Woman um, better, but not by much. Like yeah, this is my number one. But right like now. Shazam is definitely second for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we got to put a cork in it for today. But make sure to subscribe to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow, like, and comment on our Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date on our latest episodes, drinks, and movie news at Pop Pour Review. And we hope to see you for another drink next time. Bye. See you later. Bye. Shazam. Review.